tonight and turn, if you would, to Luke chapter 15. Very, 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 very familiar passage of Scripture. Page 1097, 1097. I entertained a thought tonight of, of assembling all of our young people tonight in one in one, one, one section, but I'm going to ask you to do something for me. I'm not going to do that, but I would ask that would you, would you listen on purpose? All those 20 years and younger, would you especially listen on purpose and allow God to help you? One of the reasons I don't believe that God segregated me and moving the young people together is because I understand that adults can do this same thing. And so tonight, um, let's just, um, let's pray. That's God's good will to be done in this service. Let's Dean Eisenhower, if you would please pray. Oh, yes. Amen. Yes, God, do that. Amen. How many's got your place at Luke 15? Amen. Good. How many young people under 20's got your Bible? One. Hallelujah. Two. Okay. All right, praise the Lord. All right, let's be sure to have the Word of God. In just a moment, I'm going to start reading in verse number 11, but I'm not going to start reading right now. If you'll look this way for just a minute. There's three words that summarize the message in this chapter. Lost, found, and rejoicing. Praise God. Jesus spoke these parables to answer the accusation of the Pharisees uh, and the scribes who were scandalizing his behavior. And uh, I mean, it was bad enough that Jesus welcomed these outcasts and sinners and taught them But could you believe he went so far as to eat with them? Can you believe that? And if that wasn't enough, Jesus literally become a friend to outcasts and sinners. I never heard such. And the Lord's answer to that was the parables of Luke 15. Of course, the Pharisees of that day inscribed were the religious, I said religious, lost individuals. 
They had all the terminology. They knew all the right words to say. But they didn't know who Jesus was. Amen? They went through the motion, but they didn't know who Jesus was. And in answering that, he gives them this parable, these three parables. But it is the second one that I want to look at tonight. And it is so familiar that we, we've all heard it. But when I get done going through the passage, because that's not going to be the message. The message is this. What the prodigal brought back from the far country. Invisible baggage. He came back with some things that were invisible. I honestly believe tonight, no, I know this. We've got some adults that's got invisible baggage. I just need to stop by here and just just bear my heart. It's not about his message is not to hurt you. I'm not if I could get around it, I wouldn't even bring your invisible baggage up. But the next generation needs to understand if we don't talk about this invisible baggage, then they'll have their own invisible baggage. And if we can keep them from having it, what a blessing that would be. We find something else. And one of the things I see in our country today is this. I see a lack of accountability. It's almost... Young people, look this way. It's almost <coughs> that we sin and we come back, praise God, hallelujah, blessed be His name. But there seems to be a day of almost a demand that it not cost us something. That you don't hold me accountable for that. That I can act any way I want to. I can sin. I can do wrong. I can go to a far country. And when I get back, you led me back in where I left. And that never happens. And many times, we blame the Father's house instead of realizing that when you leave the will of God, you're going to get some invisible baggage when you come back. Here tonight, we need to understand that. 
So let's just look at this story, begin verse number 11. Now I'm going to give you some points as I go down through it. The Bible says in verse 11, And he said, A certain man had two sons. First thing I want you to see here is this. The demand for an inheritance. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Would you agree with me today that this is the most demanding society we've ever had? I mean, on the job, wherever you go, the bonus, the bonus of people is unbelievable. And this, this demanding things is, is un, unreal. And so we see a young man here. And he starts with this, a demand. He comes and, amen, he starts with a demand. Well, praise the Lord. Let me earn $64 in our missions. Amen. amen. Yes. <coughs> and he starts with a demand. I want my inheritance. I want it now. And so the Bible says that the father divided his inheritance and gave them his living. Second thing I see in this story, the decision to go to the far country. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and now wasted his substance with riotous living. We find that the decision, but let me just stop and say this, and this is for every mom and dad here. Before he made the demand, his heart was already in the far country. He's a-going. And you might as well just accept something. I, I wish it wasn't this way. But there'll come a point our children become adult children and they're going to make their own decision and they're not going to ask you about it. They're just going to make that decision. He made a decision to go into the far country and I believe that decision had been in his heart a long time. I believe he'd been dreaming about it. I believe he'd been looking. The decision, when, when, when there's a decision of the heart Somewhere it'll get in your feet. And it'll move you. Last Sunday, no options, no plan B. If there's an option in your marriage of divorce, you'll divorce sometime. If there's an option to be in another church or not be in church, you will exercise it. Can I help some of you here tonight? Everybody look this way. I'll really help you this. You get a million reasons why somebody leaves a church, but there's really just one. There's been an option on the table all along. Just waiting for something to justify the option. 
I, I, this next this month I'll celebrate 22 years. I'm telling you, would you would, could you fathom this? There's been a couple times there's been reason to leave. And uh, but and the devil give you blue million reasons to leave. God only gives you one. He puts you there. And God put this young man in this family. Notice the third thing. A destructive lifestyle. And not many days after the younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and sent him into his fields to feed swine. Don't miss this. And he would have vain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. Don't you listen? When we leave that place that God wants us to be, there's a very good chance you're going to fall into a destructive lifestyle. In the beginning, man, it's party time. Time to get away from that old crazy man's rules. And I don't have to go to that church no more and hear that loud screaming preacher about being right. I don't have to listen to none of that party time. Beer, liquor, uh, drugs, girls, everything he wanted. But don't miss this. And don't, he had a good time for a while. But guess what? It runs out. It always runs out. And it began to be in want. And don't you miss this. That crowd that tells you they're your brother, your friend, you're this and you're that. When you're empty, they're gone. Hunt somebody they can take and use. They'll run somebody else. It's a destructive lifestyle. But notice something else. The determination he made. Oh, the greatest statement. And when he came to himself. You can preach to your blue in the face, mom and dad. You can stand on your head, but until they come to themselves, they'll never do business with God. Now, don't you listen to me? I love you, and oh, how hard this is. How hard this is. How difficult this is. Whenever our children are in the far country, I said this last week. When our children are in the far country and you move to where they're at, why should they leave? You will sustain 
them in the far country. What you need to do is stay put and let God bring them to themselves. Let me tell you how how real God is. How real also the is as this just the other Sunday. And while I made that statement, a family got a text to come a child that's in the far country. See, the devil wants you to get in the far country where they're at. Now, I love my children. But I tell you, when we start saying... It's okay for them to be in a far country. That daddy didn't. He, 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 he got here and he turned his face and began to pray and beg God to touch that child. I believe every day he prayed and I believe every day he's looking over the hillside for that boy to come home. I believe every single day he's looking for him. And one day he comes, but not until... He comes to himself. He had to come. That determination had to make. Here's what he said. Here's the determination that he made. My wallet. He said, How many hired servants of my father's house? Fathers have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise, go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of the hard servants. So that's the determination he made. But notice the direction he began. And he arose. Can I, can I help you? You can determine anything. But somewhere you got to get up and make the step. I can stand here. Boy, God sure spoke to my heart this morning. And I tell you, God really, God really spoke to me. But you know what? If God spoke to you to move, and I don't, and if God didn't speak to you, don't do anything. But God spoke to you this morning. And you sit on a pew. All you done is made determination. Help don't come till you get up and make that step towards God. And revival is anything. It is a step towards God. And so there has to be, there has to be a direction that we move towards. And when he was yet a great ways off, his father saw him, had compassion and ran, and fell on his neck and kissed him. I see the delight of the father. Man, he's, Praise God. I mean, I love this. He, the Father, as a matter of fact, the Bible says that when his father saw him a great ways off, man, the devil's just choking me to death tonight. You praying. Maybe you might be the one praying, God choked me to death. I don't know. And a great ways off, he saw him. And it's the only place in the Bible 
that there is even a hint of God running. And he ran because of that prodigal son. And he goes to get him. And the Bible says, he said, bring forth the best robe. Put on him. Put a ring on his hand. Shoes on his feet. Bring here the fat calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Now I see last of all the deliverance of the son. For this my son was dead as alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now, I understand the interpretation of that. But tonight, would you indulge me to look at it just maybe a little bit different? Maybe just something that's never talked about. We talk about him being in a far country. We talk about the Father praying. We talk about Him coming back and getting the robe and the ring and shoes. We talk about all of that. But we never talk about what He brought back. We never talk about that invisible baggage that He had. Tonight, there's some things that when he started back, I see him as he comes over the hillside. His clothes is tattered. I don't think he's had a bath in days. He'd been slopping hogs. How many of you have ever slopped hogs? Don't you just probably smell like a hog pen? He's got no shoes. Years ago, many days ago, what ring he had is gone and daddy sees him. And the father runs out and begins to just hug him and, and, and kiss him and praise God. He's a God of a second chance. Hallelujah, he is. And God forgives and the father forgives. Hallelujah, he forgives. But the boy had something. Had some invisible baggage. And nobody saw it. But he knew it was there. Tonight, let me give you some of his invisible baggage that he had. He sacrificed his future blessings. Now, don't you stay with me here. Daddy! Daddy! Give me my inheritance. Okay, son. Okay. Okay. So, he gives it to him. And one boy goes to the far country. And the elder brother stays. Daddy's not done making money. 
Daddy's not done building the farm. Daddy wasn't finished with the inheritance. Daddy wasn't done. He's got gray hair, but he ain't done. He's got wrinkles, but he ain't done. He's 50, but he ain't done. He ain't done. And I don't know how long he was in the far country. I don't know how long he stayed down there wasting that inheritance. I don't know how long he was down there having a good time. I don't know how long it took for it to run out. I don't know how long it took for him not to have anything. But don't miss this. Daddy's right where he needs to be. He's still making money. And when the boy comes back, he don't get a second chance at it. The Bible says that he says, let's kill the fire cat. Let's have a party. Because here's my son, he's dead, and now he's back alive. Hallelujah. He said, and the eldest son comes in, and he's ticked off. What's all this music? Well, your brothers come home. And daddy's killed the fatty calf. And so dad goes out there and the boy's, he's angry. He's running what's wrong. He said, you never killed me, no fatty calf. He said, now don't miss this. He said, son, all that I have is yours. That boy was supposed to to get half of that. But he sacrificed it. Listen, I think God's a blessing some things around here. I think God's a doing some things around here. But you leave the will of God. So if you're saved, two things will happen if you're saved grace of God. Two things. God will wire you out and you'll come back. Or else, He'll just stop dealing and let you go to heaven early. And so, He comes back. But He don't get no more inheritance. He sacrificed a future blessing. Well, when we leave that place that God has put us, I mean, it, it's... Let, let, me, let me give you a good... This is a wonderful illustration. Some of you didn't know this. And, and, but you'll be glad that I didn't. Several, several months ago, uh, long before we started the bus ministry back, Gene Gooch called me. He said, Preacher, why are you doing that bus? I said, well, nothing. He said, are you running a bus ride? I said, no, sir. He said, can I buy that bus? And I said, well, Gene, it's kind of like this. God gave me the bus. I don't have to feed it. Amen? And I said, 
I just got to believe that if I just stay put, if I just stay stand still, that God's going to put His hand on that bus ministry again. I am so, but I was tempted to sell him that bus. But now I am so glad because the day may come soon. I call him up. Have you got a bus or not use it? I need to buy one. Sacrifice our future blessings. Nobody sees it. It's it's there. There there's 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 men. I I I was thinking about this when we when we heard Brother John Shook and and Brother Cruz and I give some of you the message and he's talking about Paul said he said, I'm always praying lest I become a castaway. Here's what he said. He said, my, great, my greatest fear is that God would put me up on a shelf and say, I can't use you. Can't use you. I, I'm almost reluctant to bring this up. But I'll tell you this much. Pastor First Baptist Church thought he could go to the far country. But he sacrificed so much. So much. Of his future blessing. Now, is he going to blow some of your mind? Do you think God will forgive him? He forgave us. But there's some things he will not ever get back. Sacrificed a future blessing. But it's invisible. It's not, you don't see it. Some of you, God moved your heart. You know, you know, you know the saddest, you know the, the, the most miserable, this person that there is, is the one that God dealt with her heart to preach, put a calling down deep inside, a fire burning. And then they go to the far country and mess it up. You realize the fire don't go out, but they just can't do it. Sacrificing our future blessings. Not only that. His status would forever, forever be changed. Um, what's his name? What's his name? Have you slept through the whole service? What's his name? Prodigal. That's his name. He's the prodigal. And forever, the elder son will be the elder. to who he is. He's a prodigal. And he comes back after being in the far country and he's still the prodigal. After all these years, he's still the prodigal. A status he could never get back. He forever forfeited it. He will always be the prodigal. I believe when we get to heaven, 
You'll see a young man come up. Man, he looks good. He's smiling. And we introduce him and say, My name, he said, My name is, I'm the prodigal. You preached about me a lot. I'm, I'm him. God forgave me. I got back home. I got back. But I never, never got the status back again. Now, you young people, I love you. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Every one of you are doing right now with your life. Boys, are you paying attention? Every one of you young people right now, you're writing on the table of your heart to every person around you who you are. How many of you work with some people and when their name is mentioned, the first thing you say, and they're hateful. 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 Does anybody work with anybody like that? How many people that you mean say, they're arrogant. They're arrogant. You, that's the name. They're arrogant. They're arrogant. How many know some people like that? I know you don't meet any people in a grocery store like that. None. <laughs> what about people like this? That they are selfish. You know anyone like that? When their name is mentioned, and the first thing that comes to mind is, man, they, they just, they're just selfish. They're, they're eat up with it. They're eat up with it. I've known a few proud people, but all blessings be his good name. I've known some that are just so humble. I know some people that's got the name of just, they're just, they're just givers. I, I just she ain't here tonight. Is the Lord's here? Okay, we'll talk about it. I went by and see Barry. And Barry was telling me, he said, Mr. Lord's called me. Here's what Mr. Lord's asked. Said, What do y'all like to eat? I'll fix you something and bring it to you. She does that all the time. One Christmas, I heard somebody on the front porch, thought he's Santa Claus, jumped up, ran to the door. There's a, co- a three-layer coconut cake. And I see Mr. Lorch's tail lights going down the road. That's who she is. And all of us are going to be known by that name, a status status. We used to be in church. We used to serve God. We used to do this. I don't want to be a used to preacher. Not only that. Status. Notice what Luke 15 30 said. Here's the elder brother. And as soon as this not my brother. Not our family. Notice what he says. Thy son was come. This brother didn't even consider him a brother. Brings me to the third thing. A separation that lasted a lifetime. I find nothing recorded. 
I find nothing recorded that he ever, that him and his brother ever enjoyed the relationship they one time did. Now I want everybody to look this way, and especially our young people. Let's quit throwing relationships away. Let's quit quitting on people. We ever build a great church, and I believe God wants us to build a great church. I believe He's in the business of building a great church. There's one, there's one thing you've got to do. You've got to work through relationships. you just got to work through them. Instead of getting mad and angry and stomping and snorting and carrying on and acting like, like I just can't say it. Why don't you just work through it? Teach the next generation to work through it. Take the option of quitting because quitting is the easiest thing you'll ever do. Quit's easy. June, June, me and her will be married 40 years. Gosh, what a lucky woman she's been. I tell you this much, at the Stein's household, we've had to work through some things more than once. And I got a hunch that we'll have to work through some more things down the road. But when you don't work through them and you run to the far country, there brings a separation that lasts a lifetime. I, I wish it wasn't that way. I wish it wasn't that way. There's some people, there's some, there's some people that I still love dearly and they used to love me and now they're very angry with me and I really don't even know why. Separation. Number four. Shame of a wasted life. He got one ring. He got one coat. Hallelujah. He got a pair of shoes. But when he got a fatty calf, but when the party's over and everything's cleaned up, who do you think he went to work for? An angry elder brother. Because he had wasted. 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 And that brings a lot of sorrow. It may not now, but it will later. The sorrow of a wasted life. Because we we just got to get this. Nobody, 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 no one gets to run the clock of time back and redo it. So you got to make some good choices. When he come back, he lived with a star. Oh, nobody sees it. Nobody knows it. Glad to be home. He's glad to be a servant. But in his heart, there's a sorrow. Because everything he realizes, I wasted a life. This gift that God gave me. Then last of all, 
scars never went away. Right there in the corner of my mouth, it was just so interesting to come see me after service. But there's a scar. I wore a mustache for a long time, and and anyway, I just chose not to. One because it's black, my hair was white. <laughs> a lot of other reasons. But there's a scar. Now, God's forgiven me. My daddy forgave me. Oh, how I hate to see my daddy that day. I still remember wrecked a motorcycle and the one person I hated to see was my daddy. It's amazing I still remember that. Mom's just a fussing and I just so love my daddy for this. He said, shut up. He knows what he's done wrong. Now he lives with it. He said, now son, I'm going to turn this on my insurance. But what my insurance don't pay, you'll pay. I had a job making this in an hour. And I paid every cent of it. My daddy forgave me. He was in his motorcycle. Have you forgive me? Oh, what can I say? Separation. I set myself up. I didn't think he was bold enough to say that. Will you pray for him? God deal with his heart tonight. And don't let him sleep till he forgives. I've forgiven myself. But every morning... I look and I remember. It's not going to go away. It's not going to go away. I would to God, you young, you young ladies, look up here, Nina. Oh, you, right now, you've got youth and you've got beauty. And you don't have scars. See, scars are not always on the outside. A whole lot of scars are on the inside. And there's a whole bunch of adults could probably stand up and say, let me show you my scars. Talk to you about their scars. Man, come back with some invisible baggage and some scars that's never going to go away. They're there. Now he's back. Hallelujah. When I years ago, I'd hear testimonies. When I praise God, I was a drunk and I was this, and God saved me. And everybody go, Oh, glory to God. Everybody would just shout and praise. I would sit there and think about that. I think. Man, my testimony's dull as dirt. I ain't never been drunk. 
God didn't find me in a gutter. God didn't find me with needles in my arms and, and, and crack cocaine up my nose and whatever else you do with it. God never found me there. He just found an old, dirty, rotten, filthy sinner on a church pew. Now, I want you to listen. I want you to listen. God didn't find me there. The greatest testimony that you can have is to say, I'm just not going to the far country. I'm not going to leave that place and let a daddy and a preacher and a mama around you. Listen, that a daddy, a mama, and a preacher and a Sunday school teacher around you help you to make some of the great, the best choices make in life. Then you don't have to have all of this, all of this invisible baggage. Now don't miss, don't, God forgave him. He got back home. Hallelujah. But not without some visible baggage. If you've got invisible baggage tonight, it's not my desire to hurt you. Would you join me in us praying and stop the next generation from having invisible baggage? It's all stand to your feet, every head bowed, every eye closed.